Get fast, reliable speeds at home and on the go with internet and mobile from Xfinity. Switch to Xfinity Internet with unlimited data included. Plus, save when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Hi, welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Kim Lewis. Kim is best known as the lead designer behind ABC's Extreme Makeover Home Edition, and she's also the founder of Kim Lewis Designs, an Austin, Texas-based interior design studio with commercial and residential projects all over Texas and the world. I was also thrilled to learn that Kim is a fellow Texas Aggie. In this episode, Kim talks about the journey that led her to start her own company, how she has seen design change lives, her advice for working moms, and the importance of having grit through life's challenges. Let's get into the show. Kim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I've been excited to talk to you about your company, all of your career journey in design. But before we begin, can you just give me a brief overview of your career background and how you got into this world? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is fun. Yeah, we. I started designing. Um, well, I guess I started as a student at Texas A&M and studied journalism and kind of actually, you know, thought I was going to do advertising, then worked for a furniture importer, and then by happenstance met a producer uh, that worked for a television show called Extreme Makeover Home Edition, which you might be familiar with. It was on ABC, and they were like, we want to hire you. And so I did this massive pivot in my career and, uh, you know, grew up in Texas, but flew out to LA and started working for this television show as a designer. And it's been a crazy ride. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary with my company, Kim Lewis Designs. Since starting and, and doing that show, I've traveled around the world, designed hundreds of spaces, and my passion is really using creativity to do good and to inspire people. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later about how you've seen design like actually impact people's lives and everything. I think that's really fascinating, but can you tell me, like, have you always had a passion for design or is it something that started growing while you were in school? Like what, where does that come from and what inspires your creativity? Yeah, I honestly, even my aunt the other day said, you've always been an artist. Um, I <laughs> think it's just something that I was born with. Uh, I was always the little girl sitting and coloring and painting and it's, it's fun. I see my daughter and I see the same thing in her. It's, it's really her happy space and it's mine as well. And so I think I was born as an artist. I honestly believe we all are, but creativity for me has always been very innate and part of who I am. So I think it was natural that I would do something creative with my career. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So when you met the producer from the show, did you already have like a portfolio of your work or why was he like interested in getting you on the show? It's funny that you asked that, to be honest. And, you know... <laughs> I had never designed a room before. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he, he was like, we want to hire you as a designer. And, um, you know, I, I, I now really understand what they mean when they say fake it till you make it <laughs> because they, yeah, he, and they only had eight designers at the time. I mean, of all the people in the country, 
they saw something in me. I, I laughed that I have a lot of energy and I stayed up all night working, you know, through the night to help them design something. And I think he saw my tenacity and my grit, um, which is something that has really, I, my grit has kind of gotten me where I am. But I did not have a portfolio. I had never designed anything, actually. Um, so it's kind of crazy. He just saw something in me. And I was really young. I was 23 or 24 at the time. Mm -hmm. So I had just graduated college and I had a graphic design portfolio, but no interior or architectural design portfolio. Got it. And how did you, how did you all connect then? I was at a trade show at High Point, North Carolina for the furniture market. Cause I worked for a four, uh, four hands and importer mm -hmm. here in Austin. And uh, they came into our showroom looking for furniture to put onto the show. You know, they were helping families. And at the time, the show was at its height. It had 17 million viewers. I, I personally loved the show. And so when they came into our showroom, I was so excited to meet them. And I was in charge of the marketing decisions at the time for the importer. And so I said, I think this is something we should donate to. It's a good cause. We have plenty of inventory. And so I flew out to Oklahoma and met our truck drove up at the same time with a truckload of furniture. Um, I basically just was on the other, really the client marketing side at the time. And uh, yeah, that's how we met was a, a furniture trade show. Wow, interesting. So it kind of goes to show the power of your attitude, the way you treat people, like they, you never know what kind of opportunities can arise from that type of situation. Absolutely. Yeah, we, the producer and I just clicked and hit it off. And I, I had a spirit of generosity and, and uh, also could see the vision of what they were doing and saw that it was good. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about the design process um, from your time on the show and even to now, like when you take on a new project, what is your process like from start to finish? I know yeah, it's a lot, but maybe you can yeah, just sum it up. <laughs> yeah, design is very personal. So I think the first and most important thing to do is to get to know, you know, the client and to get to understand what their goals are. Um, so I usually start with, you know, just initial conversations and then we move into like imagery inspiration and I usually point clients to Pinterest and um, we gather, gather inspiration and then kind of start digging deeper. And one of the analogies that I always use for design projects is the question of when you start a puzzle, what is the first thing you do? Corners. See, everyone says that <laughs> something before that. You have oh, to you sort the color of the box. No, you have oh. to look at the box. It's really simple, actually. Yeah. I mean, in order to put a puzzle together, you kind of have to know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And so I think design is, is very much like that. There's lots of puzzle pieces and things that interact together that have to fit together properly. But we have to understand the goal and the vision first before we can start diving into the details. And so I really look at it from that perspective of what's our, what's our overarching goal and then how do we get there and helping them through that process. Um, you know, giving them confidence to take risks. Mm -hmm. And because of my background on the television show, I'm not afraid of taking risks with design. I'm not afraid of color. And so I can really kind of help help people make decisions that are going toward that goal. Has there ever been a situation where like the client doesn't even know what they want? Like, how do you give them suggestions without totally taking over their space, if that makes sense? Yeah, usually people have at least a radar of what they like and don't like. 
Um, I, I'll show them imagery and, you know, when you go to the eye doctor, it's like, is one or two better or two <laughs> or three, you know, or do they look the same to you? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of do that exercise and that really helps someone that doesn't really know where to start, kind of navigate what they're drawn to and why they're drawn to it. Um, so that's a good exercise that we take. That makes sense. Well, when we first met, you talked a little bit about the way that design can create an experience for people, like with all their senses when they walk into a room. Can you elaborate on this and explain how TV production design specifically differs from the other type of work that you do? Yeah, I I did say that. Design, I believe, should engage every all of our senses. Uh, I think the places that we walk into that ignite a smell, a sound, a texture. Those are things that our spirit and souls react to. It's not just something visual to look at. And I really experienced that when I was traveling to Morocco. I felt like my senses were like overloaded and and travel is a major source of inspiration for me. But I I really defined that in my mind when I was in Morocco. Like this, the reason this is such an amazing restaurant is because it smells good. It sounds cool. And it has all the feels. You know, and when all of things are engaged, it becomes more of a sensory experience as opposed to a surf, a surface thing. And so, you know, for TV, it, for especially for Extreme Makeover, we were really, we were, we were really helping people um, change, change their settings. Often they had medical challenges. Uh, we helped veterans, children with disabilities and their space to find a lot of times their joy. And um, people that had, had unresolved challenges and hurdles with inside the, the comfort of their own home, it made, it made it hard for them to be happy in their home. And so I saw that design can really shift, um, psychologically can shift how we, how we act. And I think a lot of people have seen that with COVID. Um, we spend more time at home and home is more important now than ever to be comfortable in and to be inspired in. So the TV experience was um, a very holistic place for me to experience being a professional designer because I saw not only like, you know, what it takes to build something beautiful, but how more, more importantly, how the person living in there is affected for the greater cause and the greater good. I really took that essence and brought that into my company and, um, and that's how we, how we design now. That's actually a great segue into why you started your company. So can you tell me a little bit about when you decided to start Kim Lewis Designs and the type of services you offer? Yes, for sure. So I was living out in LA and uh, as I mentioned, I was working for Extreme Makeover Home Edition and I, you know, I was working like 48 hour days. I mean, not sleeping because that was the nature of, we were building a house and, um, 106 hour build schedule. So it was absolutely crazy. And on one of those, um, and, and I was behind the scenes, right? So our job was to make everything look good in front of the camera, but we were the busy bees behind the camera, um, pulling it all together. Uh, one episode in North Carolina, we had a celebrity guest and her name is Jewel. You probably know her, the singer songwriter, Jewel. She came to the house and, uh, was on that episode and she was like who designed this I want to know and so they told her it was me and she was like I'm doing my own house in Texas will you come will you be my designer and of course I was like I would love that so I I, at the time I didn't have a company 
formed. So I said, I guess I need to start a company. <laughs> um, and it'll be my first project was, you know, singer songwriter Jewel. And so it's quite a story. And I didn't honestly even have time to come up with any kind of like name or anything. So I was writing the LLC paperwork. And I was like, I guess I'll make it Kimbo's designs. It's not very creative, but it's okay. Um, and literally that was 10 years ago this summer. And I look back and it's like, man, that's a giant milestone as a business owner to have come, you know, 10 years down the road. And so, yeah, that, but that's where I started. And after television, I came back to Texas and continued the business here. Wow. Shout out to Jewel. (laughs) (laughs) She's awesome. I love her so much. I mean, I'm sure maybe you would have started it anyway at a later time but it's cool to have her as part of your inception story. Yeah, she taught me one of the biggest things she ever said to me was, it's time to take a bet on yourself, which was something I needed to hear at the time because I had been doing this for, you know, eight years and I was honestly making a lot of other, you know, on-camera people look good and that's okay. It was it was about the joy of what I was doing, but she was really encouraging me to like go out on my own and, and start doing my own stuff. Yeah. So what, what are the types of services Kim Lewis Designs offers now? Is it, can anyone reach out to design their home if they're interested or do you select the projects that you work on? What is that like? Yeah, I would say we're 70, 30 commercial versus residential. We do mostly like hospitality, restaurants, retail, um, hotels, things like that. And then we do take on some residential clients um, we are extremely whimsical and creative in our approach. And so residential uh, clients that come to us, we're looking for people that want to do something different and really unique. And we thrive in that space. I tell people if they're wanting like beige on beige or white on white, they probably can find a different designer <laughs> um, because, you know, anyone can do that. And I, I we really like to do stuff that's kind of unique and different. So mm-hmm. um yeah, that's, but yes, anyone can come to us and we, and we work around the world. I mean, there's no limits to where we can work. And I, I learned how to fundamentally uh, operate virtually far before the pandemic. Cause I was, you know, flying from state to state working on the television shows. So we're used to kind of doing the virtual design work. Do you have a preference between the commercial projects and residential? I prefer the commercial generally, um, mostly because I love creating that experience that we were talking about, like Mm -hmm. creating something that a lot of people can be inspired by at one time and feel, um, yeah, feel encouraged through, you know, I like to probably influence greater uh, audiences at one time. Got it. What, What about like, what would you describe your own personal design aesthetic like? Yeah, you know what's so funny? They say like the cobbler's daughter wears no, has no shoes. I think I'm yeah. that. <laughs> I'm honestly that person because, um, yeah, I just haven't haven't really been stopped to do our own house. But my my style and preference is eclectic by nature because I, I really like to be surrounded by things that tell my story. And so everything in my house, like even behind me here, are are from my travels. I'm very eclectic and casual, but yeah, maybe a little bit bohemian in in nature, but I like heirloom, like family heirloom pieces. Um, I actually lost my mom when I was 10. And so I, I, I hold on to things that 
tell my family's story. And um, I think that's really important for some people within their home to have those family legacy pieces. Yeah, that's beautiful because it makes you feel kind of safe, you know, in your space and you feel like those people are still with you and everything like that. I actually do the same thing. Every time I travel somewhere, I like to grab something that I can decorate my home with just because it's like little pieces of all over the world are with you. And I think it brings a cool energy to the space. Definitely. And it's like things we can pass down, you know, to, um, I think it's just fun. It, it means that designing your own space might take a little bit longer, but um, I don't mm-hmm. think that's such a bad thing. Do you have a favorite project that you've ever worked on that you can share? Ah, um, that's like, it's like picking your own child or picking your favorite child. <laughs> um, I have stories from different ones, but honestly, like I would say the art centers we've done are my favorite, um, projects and I could probably narrow it to like the art center we did in Cambodia. We took an old boat on a little pond and it was for a nonprofit group called Rafa House and they rescue girls from trafficking. And we renovated this Cambodian boat uh, to be an art center for therapeutic art activities that would help them be able to talk through what they've um, gone through since they've been trafficked. And uh, it was a very, we really made it into like a healing center. We took over about 10 people from the States. And so I loved how we were able to kind of take what I learned on Extreme Makeover, which is a very boots on the ground style of work. Um, You kind of just jump in both feet, not really having all the answers when you show up, not even having like understanding the currency or language or anything and just like figuring it out. Um, I, you know, I thrive in that kind of setting. I, I love like the problem solving that happens under a quick timeline. So I think the the Cambodian Art Center was probably one of my favorites. And then the other craziest story, the probably the craziest design I ever did was on Extreme Makeover. And we took a 26 foot plain fuselage from Southwest Airlines and had it cut through a section and craned it into a house. And I made that into a hallway on one side. So the outside concave of the of the plane was the hallway and then the other side the inside of the plane was first class we called it first class dining in the kitchen wow and i mean it was the the craziest i mean i remember making that phone call to the southwest like i don't even know who i called but i and i sound like i'm 12 you know that <laughs> i called and i'm like do you have any retired plane parts you know that we could use on our television show and, and it worked out, you know, but it was one of the most weird. And I'm pretty sure I was up, literally up in the air because I was flying so much during that time. I think I was literally in the air while I was drawing it. So I guess you could say the inspiration was wow. <laughs> very, um, right, you know, right in front of me. But. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was about to ask you, how did you even think to do that? You were on a plane, so. Well, the family loved flying, and the dad was a pilot, so like it had a connection to the mm-hmm. family. Okay, cool. You recently celebrated ten years of Kim Lewis Designs. Can you tell me what your team looks like now compared to when you started, and then also if there's any lessons learned that you would tell Kim, who's just starting the company like ten years ago? Such a great question. I started it on my own 
and and honestly ran it on my own for the first three or four years. Uh, and I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? I mean, I had samples in my car, samples in my house, <laughs> you know, design samples. And then I, I remember, you know, someone came to me, her name is Nicolette, and she said, I want to work for you. And uh, I didn't know how to respond to that. Like, how do I take on the salary and, and like livelihood of someone else when I'm already, you know, like, how do I do that? I'm already nervous about my own livelihood. But I called my dad and asked him like, daddy, how do you know when you're ready to hire an employee? And he was an entrepreneur and he, he said, Kimbo, you don't know, you just do it. The work will come. And he was right. And I, um, I just lost him actually over Easter. And so I look back and I'm grateful that he instilled a sense of confidence in me as a business owner. Um, but now I, you know, I went from a, a one man band or one girl show to a one, two person. Um, and then now I have uh, four full-time people and an intern. So we have five people at KLD, which is awesome. Uh, we are like family. I think one of my greatest joys in life is leading a team. It's just so fun. Um, we truly are like family and we work hard, but we are very creative and the energy in which we do our projects is just like really fluid and beautiful. And we have an office. I mean, we were the, we were the, <laughs> the squatters at coffee shops that people hate, you know, we would take up a whole table and we, I would just literally keep ordering coffees just to feel like I was take, you know, earning that table. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, buying overpriced water bottles and things like that, just so that I could like feel okay to stay at a coffee shop. But now we have an office and it's just amazing. And I would look back and um, I would probably tell Kim that she can do it and to not doubt herself and that it wasn't going to be easy. Uh, it's not easy. I would say to trust, to trust herself and trust the process and, and, um, I wouldn't change a thing. Isn't that crazy? I believe you. I'm so sorry for the loss of your father. I can't even imagine what you're going through. You're going to make me tear up. But <laughs> those lessons that we learn from them are just invaluable and they stay with us for the rest of our lives. They are. They really are. Um, I, I'm just like grateful that I had. I'm grateful that I had a parent that instilled confidence in me and um, really both my parents, even at a young age, my mom was always like, you can be anything you want to be. Like, I remember when I told her I wanted to be an astronaut <laughs> and like the next summer, my dad took me to space camp. You know I mean? They were like, I wish for our generation that children would content, like would keep getting that level of support, you know, because the next generation is just so it's always so important to encourage them that they can do anything and I really mm -hmm. believe that my husband just is leaving his job to start his own production company and I'm just so dang proud of him like we live in a country where we have things at our fingertips and all we have to do is like have the dream and with some grit I mean I would say anybody that would describe me would that's the word they would use is grit I love that you got to, you mm -hmm. got to have grit. It's not going to be easy. We lived in a tiny house and it's like living in a tiny <laughs> house is not easy either. You know, um, you just have to get creative and like, yeah, think, think differently and, and have the pursuit and perseverance to like get beyond any obstacles. My dad always told me every no is one step closer to a yes. 
that's such a beautiful thing in life and in business to remind ourselves. Yeah, that is so true. And what you said about having that support as a child, like I experienced the same thing. You know, if you have parents who tell you you can do anything, like you you trust them, right? Yes. It's something so simple that really goes a long way in someone's life when they have that support. 100%. I have a two and a three-year-old. And yesterday I've been telling Sunny to repeat after me, I can do anything and she yells it and so I taught her that like a couple months ago and we haven't said it in a while and yesterday she was opening the car door and it's kind of heavy you know and she's only three and she looked up at me and said mama I can do anything (laughs) that is the cutest thing ever I was like yes baby yes you can yeah I mean when they're at that age they're just sponges right so what you tell them they're gonna pick it up and remember it definitely I love that that's what came to her mind and of course like I'm feisty and 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 totally independent and when I see those moments in her I'm like all right she's got this (laughs) she'll be fine she'll be fine yeah yeah that's awesome well tell me a little bit about your journey from Los Angeles to Texas. I know that um, Jewel had you go to her house in Texas, but I'm curious, was it a purposeful decision to come and start your business here? Or like, what was the move from LA to here for? It's not a, it's, it's a sad one. Um, yeah, I, I actually was going through a divorce and mm-hmm. um, I had been married for eight years in LA, uh, my first husband, and uh, found out that he had been cheating six of the eight years and um, it was like the most devastating, crippling, crumbling time of my entire life. Um, and I can say that, and I've lost both parents. Like it was the worst chapter ever. However, um, well, so so the reason I moved back from LA to Texas was because I knew I needed I needed support. Like mm-hmm. I needed support that was far beyond what I could get in LA. I needed to get back to my roots. I needed to get back to closer to family and something familiar. And LA is a hard place to live. You know, I loved it, but it was a hard place to live. So I came back because of that and um, started really like rebuilding my life at age 31. At that point, I thought I would have had a family. I mean, it was just totally, totally life altering. Um, But I look back and it, it just built me stronger. I was able to like strip down back to like, who is Kim? what makes her happy. That's when I was starting to go to Cambodia and help, you know, the girls. And I remember looking at those girls and telling them that they are valuable as gold. And I didn't even believe that myself. Like I was telling them something that I probably needed to hear. Um, So like being around that type of project was really uh, a pivotal moment for me. Um, But yeah, I just came back to somewhere that felt safe, which was Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Austin. And my first project here as KLD was a restaurant. And I remember like doing it and I had no idea what to charge. I had never done a restaurant before. Um, but I went back to like, okay, you know, you just figure it out. You figure it out. Um, and, you know, since then we've done, I've lost count dozens and dozens, if not hundred um, of restaurants. So yeah, it's, that's what brought me back was divorced. And um, it was, yeah, it was a really challenging time in life. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, unfortunately, so many women, um, including myself, to be honest, can relate to 
the trauma, for lack of a better word, that comes with infidelity, but it definitely makes you a stronger person. And I think it goes back to what you said your dad always told you, which is that every no leads you one step closer to a yes. And that applies to our relationships in life, not just business. You really cannot depend on anyone to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Like no matter who you are, married, single, young, old, doesn't matter. Universally, our happiness has to come from within. For me, my what sustained me was definitely having a relationship with God. Um, he made me whole again. Um, and but but even now I'm remarried and I can't depend on my husband to make me happy. Like that's just not the way it works. And I think that's where in relationships we get um, sideways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we it's these things that sometimes we have to learn the hard way, right? <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think when people have see their own, especially women, when we see our own value um, and our worthiness mm-hmm. um, and we feel that and we like really trust and believe it, we are better for it. We shine brighter. It's like a polished gold, you know, mm-hmm. we shine brighter from the inside out. Yeah. And you attract the right type of people in your life and energy when you know what to look for, who to yes. stay away from, that type of thing. So <laughs> exactly. I totally agree with you. Yeah. You're clearly an incredibly driven and successful woman. You also manage to balance that with being a mother. Do you have any advice you can share for working moms or women who one day aspire to be moms? as well as have a successful career? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's extremely hard to be a working mom. And, and I think just raising children in and of itself is hard. So if someone is at home, if a mom is at home and they're raising their children, that is hard. It is so hard. So, um, you know, I, I think for me, I know that the core of who I am needs to do my, my own work. And I believe that with Sunny and Bear seeing me pursue my own dreams still, I believe they'll be better for it. You know, I, I honestly believe they'll be learning something by my setting an example. Um, and it's, it's hard because, you know, you send them to daycare and daycare is expensive and all of that. And you're, but I also believe there's something beautiful about them getting social interaction and um, they come to the office with me and it's so fun but I I had both of them at my office each for the first year of their life because I was nursing them and I remember like being on phone calls literally being on a phone call typing and then a bear would be on my leg and I would be like bouncing him to keep Mm -hmm. him like you know tired or getting into a nap zone or whatever I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like God should have given moms like three, if not four arms um, and definitely more legs, you know, it's like, and an eyeball in the back of our head, which I think we intuitively already have. Um, So it's hard, but I do believe it can be done. I'm doing it. Um, I think it, it, again, it goes back to that word grit, but I, I think what our children can learn from watching us pursue our own dreams there's something that nobody could put words or lesson plans on that 
you're setting a great example for them by just doing what you love. They grow up and that impacts them and then they want to do the same thing, which is like all you could want as a parent, right, is for them to be happy and do things that excite them. Totally. And I think the pandemic in some ways has um, created space where people have more grace for each other and more grace for family time, you know, having virtual calls and like children screaming in the background. I'm so grateful that I have clients that are understanding because it still happens. You know, I mean, Sunny was at home with fever yesterday and it's like, I'm taking phone calls still and you just push through it. Mm -hmm. Well, aside from like juggling a million things at all, at all times, what would you say is the most challenging part of running your business and what is the most exciting? I think I'm always learning something new. I mean, literally every day and, and 10 years in, I'm still like learning new methods and um, I am not an accountant. I am, you know, it's like you, to be, to run your own business, you feel like you have to literally know a little bit about a lot of things. And, mm-hmm. and then beyond that, start trusting and delegating. And I think honestly, becoming a mom made me um, push harder to delegate tasks better and more efficiently and more effectively to put the right people in place to do the things that I can't do because your bandwidth is only so much. Um, so I think for, for me, like I, I'm just constantly learning things and it's, and I'm always open to learning. I feel like we should be learning till the day we die. Right. Um, especially with technology advances and things shifting. Um, yeah. How can we become more efficient? things that'll save time. But I also like always try to balance that though with the humanity side of things. Like I'm not a fan of robots. (laughs) 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 I don't want us to, I want us to all stay in touch and be humans. Um, And so it's like, how do we keep, that's totally a digression, but I, but I I want things to run efficiently and effectively. And so it's like constantly learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by, by giving up those roles and delegating, you're also allowing other people to step into like the higher level of their career and take on more responsibility. And then they grow and learn as people too. Absolutely. You empower them. And like, that's, that's a gift that you can give your team is empowerment. Well, is there any upcoming projects that you're working on that you can talk about that people can look forward to if they're in the Austin area or in Texas that they can go and check out? Yeah, we're opening an eye care center that's really beautiful um, called Steiner Eye Care. And it's a retail space as well. So they have beautiful like frames. We did a rammed earth wall in there. If you've ever heard of that, it's, it's, it's going to be really beautiful. And then the other project is a bakery in Houston called Southern Sweets. And um, it's kind of a French Texas twist. Um, it's very girly and we're excited about that. And then we're starting a project on South Lamar that are condominiums for sale, um, right at like South Lamar and Blue Bonnet. Um, and it's going to be a very, um, artistic kind of throwback feel. I feel like a lot of our designs have a retro influence and, um, by nature, I just kind of love like 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, mm-hmm. so we have a little twist of that going into those spaces. So yeah, we have a lot of projects and then we have, I have a tiny house, um, that's on Airbnb as well. So people can stay in that and, um, it's called Peach Casita. Um, and we've gotten, it's been really fun to become an Airbnb host. 
Yeah. You just hear like great stories or what's your favorite part of it? Um, just getting, so I, I, we built that and we lived in it for two years and I designed it for myself. You know I mean? It was for us, but getting to share that space, I had no idea how much people would love it. I mean, we have literally like 33 five-star reviews right now, which is amazing. Like, I'm just so grateful. Our team is doing an awesome job keeping it up. But we just keep hearing over and over how relaxed people feel over there and how special they can tell. Like a lot of love was poured into it. So just getting to share the space Mm -hmm. has been cool because you can go into a restaurant and see something, but to go in and stay somewhere, stay a while, you know, make it And create memories. Yes. That's been the most special part about sharing that tiny house. Yeah, I saw how it was built because you documented it on your Instagram and it was so cool to watch the progress and it is really, really beautiful. Um, It's on Instagram at Peach Casita if anyone wants to check it out. But do you think that's something you would want to do again in the future, like take another property and turn it into an Airbnb? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we already are like scheming how we can do that. (laughs) Um, it's so fun. It's yeah, it's been a really good experience and definitely. Yes. Is there any other, um, like restaurants or locations you've designed that you want to share that people can go check out now that have maybe you worked on them years ago, but they're still like some of your favorites. Yeah. In Austin, we did a vegan cheese place in the Mueller area called rebel cheese. And I, I love it. It's, um, it's actually really delicious. It's vegan. Um, we did most of the cilantros around town. Um, mm-hmm. we've worked with torchies, but actually none of the torchies we've done are in Austin. They're in Houston and Colorado and Oklahoma. Um, but torchies was a fun brand to work with. Um, we did iJoy. Um, if you've seen iJoy on North Lamar, um, that was a really fun space to work on. We did quesos over by the campus. Actually, (laughs) we had a site visit. Sunny, that was Sunny's first site visit, and she was four days old. (laughs) (laughs) I look back at all my projects recently, and I'm like, Rebel Cheese, we had construction site visits. I I was pregnant with Bear, and Sunny was eight months old, or nine months old. And like, I was the girl on a construction site in full-on mom mode. You'd look back and you're like, was that irresponsible or no? I was just like getting it done. <laughs> Put a hard hat on the eight month old. Here we go. <laughs> That's so funny. I hope you took pictures of those times. I think I did. I mean, also, I'm not sure because it was so chaotic and crazy at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my kids have definitely grown up around their working mom mm-hmm. for sure. Is there any companies that you want to work with that you think would be like a dream project or something that you hope to do in the future? Um, we would love to continue like doing hotels. We are working on one hotel right now on the east side. Um, it's currently called the Cat Noir and we're about to rebrand it and Ooh, redesign it. It's exciting. East 11th, yes. But yeah, just restaurant brands. Austin is such a mecca of cool new restaurants. And I think it, as a city, we're just a space where people really appreciate not only really great food, but really great design, Mm -hmm. really great marketing. We actually have started doing uh, branding services at our company. And so a lot of the restaurants that are coming to us, entrepreneurs are coming to us. They don't have a name. They don't have a logo. So we're developing all of that for them. And that's been really fun because as 
designers by nature, we are storytellers. And so if we get to have a say or get to help develop a brand story, then I think the success of that restaurant will only be that much greater because everything will be very connected. Yeah, that's so exciting that you get to work on sort of the very beginning to the final touches. I would imagine that's really fun. It is. It creates like you get really invested in the mm-hmm. success of it. You know, we're designing the not the food and not the food, but the graphics of the menu, the signage, you know, everything. The Instagram pages. We've started doing that for clients. That's so cool. Yeah, because marketing is story- storytelling as well. So design and marketing, like they literally just go hand in hand. They do, and and that's actually my you know my educated background is marketing. Um, from AM. And so I, I do love like the story, the opportunities to, to tell a story within a brand through words and through visuals. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love writing. So it's been, it's been a fun way to like develop our creative services and to expand them. And we honestly started doing that during COVID because restaurants kind of had a chance to pivot and remodel that so they came to us. And so that was a, a cool way for us to pivot and, and grow our, and grow our company. Well, Kim, I like to close out each episode by asking our guests to provide one piece of advice for the audience. So has there been a memorable moment in your career where you learned a valuable lesson on entrepreneurship? I think I would have to go back to that moment when I hired my first employee. Because it's like you go from being what you feel like as a freelancer to, oh, wow, I got to take this seriously. And so the advice in that moment, like my dad said, I'll repeat what he said is, uh, you know, you've got to just do it. The money will come. The work will come. I think for creative people specifically, I would say never underestimate the value of what you do. It is extremely hard to put a financial assessment, a dollar value amount on a service. It's much easier in our minds to put a dollar value to products, but what we provide as service people, as creatives, as artists, never underestimate the value of that because it is extremely influential in our environment and is, it's extremely important to the greater cause and greater good of, of our surroundings. And so I've had to learn sort of the hard way to increase my pricing, to stop donating my services to everyone. You can donate, please don't, you know, donate in your own places, but not every day is a donation. <laughs> I mean, for some reason, artists just have this hiccup and hold, hold up of valuing ourselves fairly. And so I would say, don't underestimate the value of what you have to bring to the table. Kim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I was already so inspired by you before this conversation. Now I'm just like blown away by everything you've accomplished and embodying that grit mentality. Um, But please let everyone know where they can keep up with you and Kim Lewis Designs online, on social media, all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so fun. Um, On Instagram, we're just Kim Lewis Designs and you know, our, our portfolio is on KimLewisDesigns.com. So check us out there. And of course, Peach Casita, if you want to have a come, st- you know, come experience one of our designs, that would be cool. Um, yeah, this was really great. I, I really appreciate the space that you're creating as a creative to encourage people in their journey. Thank you so much, Kim. I want to give a big thank you to Kim for joining me on the podcast this week. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. And I hope you join us next week for a new episode of Office Chats. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 